You have 17 voice messages. First voice message. What's going on, dude? You son of a bitch. Yes, no. You can't stop it. I gotta say that today. End of message. I got a big plan. Big idea, bro. Big idea. Message erased. Next message. We're still here. Enjoy it. It's ODG. Occupy Dave and Giggles. End of message. Next message. Seriously, guys. Fort. You know we do a radio show, right? I just want to say that we never claim to be a comedy show. We just <laughs> entertain. You son of a bitch. I'm freaking out. Freaking out. You look so good right now. Give me a chance you want to leave. Dave and Giggles. Dave and Giggles. Really big. Message erased. And so starts another show from home. Dave and Giggles. And uh, we're in the Corona crisis. And uh, Giggles, you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Why don't you uh, introduce our wonderful guest? You want me to do the intro? I'd love to. Yeah. Uh, Her passport is chock full of stamps from all around the world. Her programs have been operational for over 17 years. She's the producer and the owner of Project Explorer and uh, also a new series coming out called Crash Test World. Jenny Bukos is with us. Hey, thanks for having me back. Yeah, for, yeah. Uh, it's been a while here. since we had you on last. You had me on the Sunday after Trump got elected, so I feel I'm sort of like your your you know crisis person. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much where we're at right now. Was yeah. that it? The Sunday after Trump got elected was the last time we had Jenny in studio. <sighs> was that it? It was, was that all- the last time we. S- that's oh. only three and a half years ago, but man, yeah. what a long three and a half years it's yeah. been. <laughs> so long. <laughs> And can we, uh, you are, you're like a, we were just chatting. We had a little warm-up show while Dave was learning to uh, press record on the Zoom meeting. Sometimes it takes a while. You produced a lot of content for kids in schools and kids at home to basically travel the world from their living rooms or their their homes. So you've been producing content for years and we were, uh, we weren't really joking, but I was saying like, this is kind of your time. Like this is the time for people to watch your stuff because it's very relevant. They can learn about other countries and other cultures. And now they have the time to, because kids aren't in school anymore. Kids are basically home. Uh, yeah. It's something like two, like 1.9 billion kids are out of school right now. So I, yeah, we, we produced hella content for 17 years. Um, you know, before YouTube, we launched before YouTube. So yeah. So I, it's, you know, it's a really exciting time for us because we're such advocates of using short videos to teach kids about the world beyond their community or the world beyond their borders. But it's such an awful thing to have this be the the catalyst for um, the 5,000% increase on web traffic we saw the day New York City public schools closed. I mean, it's, that's just insanity to think about that. Um, so every day it's a, you know, we go online to just make sure that the website's going to hold. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's nuts. That's insane. But I mean, it's gotta be a good boost for you. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's my life's work. So it's, it's a boost for us and you know, all of our content is free. So I'm really proud that we can sort of be a resource for parents and teachers and now parents who are teachers at home, <laughs> um, whether they want to be or not. Um, and there are a lot of people that are doing great content. Like if you look at museums, but 
you know, who, you know, teachers and parents don't want a list of 250 things that they have to go look at to watch one video here, one video here, one video here. So, you know, we kind of are in the sweet spot with like 400 things on our website right now. We're adding like another 10 next week and then it's just new content every day comes out. So where are you getting the new content? Do you have people all over the world? Um, well, we've got some in reserve that we were waiting um, to roll out and we decided to move that that schedule up. And then we've got a partnership with someone called Doha Debates. Um, they're super, super academic debates on really, really interesting topics. So that's for like high school and university level students. So we're talking like ethics and AI and the refugee crisis. So we had done two series with them and we just signed a contract to do six more. So that starts next week. Um, so not just like panda bears and lions, and like street food, you're getting like, you know, like debates about deep. ethics and like We're getting, getting deep. deep. You're not We're just doing deep. the, uh, <laughs> not just doing the, the cute, you know, you know, zoo videos. You're doing some like ethics stuff. That seems. Uh, yeah, but, but the TV show you mentioned, Crash Test World, that dives into some pretty deep stuff as well. Um, it's just done from a positive place as opposed to like doom and gloom. Um, right. But that's, you know, that's pretty heavy. We talk about like feeding the planet and technology for good and we do walls work, things like that. Um, yeah. So we've got the stuff for the little kids and then we've got things. Being you know, on the, uh, the press side, <laughs> we, uh, we got to watch a couple of your episodes, yeah. which was really great. I was very excited that you sent it to us. So thank you. You're welcome. Uh, I got to watch the German one and the New York one. And obviously I'm biased towards New York. Um, what was your uh, research method to like come up with the, you know, the, the different strategies of going about videotaping certain sections of New York? Um, well, the, the show, each episode aims to answer one big question of our time. So I've always wanted to do something, when I say always, like for 10 years on how do we make cities more sustainable? Um, I've lived in New York for 21 years. Um, this is a problem. You look at garbage mountain outside of your building. Yeah. You think about, you know, um, affordable housing. That was a really easy one to do. Um, but so you have to have, to a, you have to have, it's so close to home, but you have to have like, there are like key ingredients. You have to have like the wow factor. So we filmed like the construction of Hudson Yards. And that is sort of like, that is the wow factor when you get a drone above that. Um, and then you have to have the gross out factor. So that's why we did, you know, recycling. Cause that's, mm. I mean, that's pretty disgusting to think about. Let's go to the dump for a day. Um, but those stories, you know, they come together themselves. We tried to, we tried to film in every borough. Like that was important to us that New York was not just Manhattan, but how can we get to the Bronx? How can we get to Brooklyn? Cause that's where I live. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I'd love to know, you know, what you thought, um, as like an adult, do. as an adult watching it. Yeah, I, I definitely really enjoyed it and learned stuff that uh, I didn't know. But the one thing that I, as as far as being on the, the TV side, you know, you do all your research. You like, all right, we're going to investigate this. We're going to look into that. We're going to talk to this person. What did you learn after you went and shot it? What did I learn? That's so, well, yeah, that's, that's, people ask me that all the time and it's hard because I learned during the research phase because we spend three months researching it and we've interviewed everyone who's going to be on camera. Um, I don't know if I learned, I, I was shocked by the sheer amount of recycling, um, how much that comes in every day. And you can watch that segment on our website right now. Oh, cool. um, and then to find out like only 30% of New Yorkers recycle and you're like, 
puffy Amazon packs are not recyclable. Like that blew my mind. Do you know what I'm you know what I'm talking about? Like yeah. those plastic, those are not recyclable. I just why would they I, make them that way then? Soft plastics are not recyclable. That's what I learned in the New York City episode. Get me on the phone with Bezos. Isn't that crazy? Soft plastics. So like your plastic wrap, anything you get at the grocery store, that's not recyclable. That's what I learned in the New York. Just throw it in the trash. Throw it in the trash. Feels so dirty. That's the thing I learned. That's what I learned doing that. I was like, okay, well, no more plastic wrap for us. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. That's a really good point. What is the uh, one thing that you learned? What's like the best thing you learned out of doing all of those cities? Out of doing all the cities, let's say season one, the best thing I learned was TV cost way, way more than you think. And it takes so much more in terms of just like bodies and brains than you think. Um, My series was done prior to this with like four or five people. This show had like 50 people working on it, which is crazy. So it's like a mini miracle every time TV gets made. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so can we uh, let's can we talk about uh, your your travels here? Because you go for it. Uh, I follow you on Facebook. We're friends on Facebook and, and in in real life. Uh, you flew from New York City to, when this all this was breaking out to Amsterdam to be with your husband, obviously, because you wanted to be. You know who wants to quarantine by themselves, honestly. So, but like you flew to Amsterdam to be with your husband to, to like you know. To, to wait it out there, which seems to me a little bit crazy. Was I, was I wrong? Why or no? is it crazy? I don't know. Cause I mean, it's not crazy, but it's like you went from, where were you originally? Well, I, I was in Brooklyn. You were in um, but Brooklyn. I, but I had been traveling um, like 18 days before, and I actually think I already had it because I was like deathly ill oh. for like 14 days. Yeah. I think that I, that I know that that flu that was going around. I know a lot of people who had that flu before it got like blew up with Corona. It was the worst flu I think I've ever seen. And it was precursor to the Corona. And now yeah. people are like, you know, obviously we can't sit around talking about Corona. We know the damages of Corona, but that flu was really bad. And I do think if you had that flu, you were bedridden for days. Well, I couldn't be like, I was taking steroids and and drugs to like, like antibiotics to do all of the speaking engagements I was doing. Yeah. Um, You know, it was like London, Amsterdam, London, New York, DC, Chicago, LA, San Francisco in a span of 14 days. So when I started hearing about Corona, I'm like, Oh my God, I probably gave it to like 15 different flights. Yeah. yeah, So, you know, my husband and I live in separate countries. He's English and he lives in Amsterdam and I live in New York. I have residency in Amsterdam. He does not have residency in the U S so he was supposed to come over and we started the night um, Trump went on TV and announced that they were closing flights from Europe. Mm. Um, I was like, well, he can't come over now. So I don't know when I'm going to see him. Um, so I was like, well, we'll just wait it out. Let, let's see. Cause you know, we're married. He can get into the country, like under some legal stuff. Um, and then a friend called me and said, pack your bags and get on the flight right now. She's like, I'm not going to tell you what's going on. Her husband is a CEO of an insurance company. And they're like, just leave the country right now. Cause you're not going to get out. Um, and if you don't get out right this second, you may be quarantined when you get there. So I literally threw everything in a bag. I had a flight to come over here. I couldn't get through to the airline. It was like a seven-day wait to get your flight changed. And I remembered this is what frequent flyer miles are for. Booked a ticket and got on the the next flight. Just left my apartment, I mean, with like a a stockpile of food and all the toilet paper you could ever want. Um, Smart. 
That's and I just answer. left. I just left. And I have no idea when I'm coming back. Um, oh, my husband jokes that I, I got the last chopper out of Saigon. Um, he basically did. Yeah, I was uh, just like uh, Mike. I was following along with your updates and stuff. And it seemed like you were literally in planes, trains, and automobiles trying to get to your husband, which is kind of romantic. Yeah, I liked it. I was <laughs> like, oh, I, I feel bad for your misfortune here. But I was like, well, it's not misfortune, but you're the, the travel, you know, craziness. But I was like, oh, this is this is cute. You know, yeah, like I, it was romantic. It was like, oh, she's going there. To she's doing with it. her husband for the yeah. quarantine. I was like, ah, oh, love is alive. I feel it. <laughs> <laughs> but all of all of my my airline miles are on Virgin Atlantic. So I had to I had to go through London to get to Amsterdam. So like mm -hmm. I cleared checkpoint one and I was like, OK, are they going to let me go from London to Amsterdam? And then when you get there, you're like, are they going to let me through customs? Um, and then I got in, we got to the house and like immediately after that, we got a text alert that everything was shut. Like that was so it. Like everything, it was just under the wire. And I mean, it was really eerie. There was no one, there was no one on the flight. I had my own flight attendant. She came over and she's like, I'm your flight attendant. Wow. Were you two, were the only person on the flight? There were two people in the cabin. Um, that's, <sighs> that's nuts. That right. Wild, that's yeah. nuts. I don't think I've ever taken a flight that wasn't full. So and we're like talking that we're talking these are the big the like the jumbo jets sure. that fly. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, that was another thing about the whole jets thing where it's just like they were like forced to fly where nobody was on them. So it's like you're burning the fuel, you're you're yeah. wasting everyone's time, you're wasting it, you know, like just shut them down. I, I get that you're losing money, but like that's the thing about like this whole thing. I get that everybody's losing money, but let's just pause the world right now. You know, like everybody go watch Jenny's show <laughs> and go to her website and learn all of different things. What is your website? Is it geared to a specific age or is it for everybody? Um, well, it's for grades three and up, but if you're like an adult and you want to watch it, just click on high school and okay. I mean, I mean, for, for Mike, it would be more middle school, but yeah, like I elementary, yeah. elementary. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. PBS kids. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you're quarantining in Amsterdam. You're, you're yeah. hanging out. What are you, how is this the new normal? What's your, like, I always ask this people, what's your words normal. of hope? What's your uh, words of what's hope? Your words of hope. Cause you know, you're, you know, you are a jet setter. You travel a lot. And now I feel like you're, your wings have been, I don't want to say clipped, that sounds bad, but like you got to stay put for a while. Well, that's, that's the perception. I travel half the year and then I do like the education work the other half. So now is just my time to do like the school outreach and, and that, um, that stuff. We were not scheduled to film and travel until June anyhow. Gotcha. Um, so it was really just like going on spring break with my family because we have a house in Spain. So that house is empty now too. <laughs> Um, which is crazy. Um, houses all over the world that are empty. You got the Brooklyn. Did you find anybody for the Brooklyn apartment? I did. Um, okay. It was not the ideal scenario, but it was somebody who lost her job. So I'm like, look, like if, as long as you make sure the place doesn't get looted or burned down, like just take it. <laughs> yeah. It's a good it's really, deal. That's yeah, like a good, good like, that's a good yeah, deal. It was really yeah. just having someone in the space. Yeah. 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 And the, uh, nobody the wants to be I'm, in New York right now, which is the craziest thing yeah. about like this thing that happened overnight is that like, immediately no one wanted to be in new york where the whole I don't, was i don't know like cuomo makes me feel good this is what i do this is like my daily thing cuomo's my president now just so you're aware sure um I mean, but this is like my any advantage here of, of exactly leading. exactly but this is like my daily you know my daily ritual i don't watch the other things i just watch cuomo 
And I was like, okay, like things are not looking good, but you know, I feel, I feel like my hometown's going to be okay. Yeah, um, I think we'll be okay. We're just going to go through a bit of a, a trial right now. Like right. we're going to lose a lot of people and that's terrible. But I do think that in the end, like we will be, we'll, we'll beat it. You know, we'll beat it. We'll get right. it. Well, you know, I think at the end of this, a lot of it's going to come out like, you know, I, I, you asked for like hope, like I'd really like to think like people are going to realize the importance of healthcare for every person on the planet. Makes sense, right? Uh, people are going to realize that like, what is it? Half of Americans can't survive a $400 emergency and maybe we should do something to change that. So like all the things I've sort of been talking about, like why it's important to understand what's going on in the world and look after our fellow human beings, like some of that may be fixed. I'd like to think it is. I'd like to think that there are going to be people who stand up and say that's unacceptable. It's totally unacceptable. Like the, the path we were, we've been on has led us to this point and we yeah. can tell that it's not working. So yeah. there's gotta be a solution to fix it. Yeah. And we have the wrong person in the wrong time to make that change because he's just about greed. He's just about like making money off of this. And it's, it's, it's like, if we had someone in charge who would be like, okay, I'm, I'm able to make these changes. I could see us progressing and getting better and coming out on the other side of this better. Yeah. But as of right now, I, it's hard to see it. That's Cuomo. That's, That's Cuomo. I think Cuomo's the, uh, the hero that this virus needs, you know, maybe. like he's given messages of hope. You, you know? are the hero that we need. Yeah. I think we're trying to be all like all we're, we're all trying to be neighborhood heroes. We are. Uh, the one thing that uh, I, I take, uh, take uh, happiness in is that when I'm watching all of your travels in Amsterdam and London and trying to get to your husband, I was sitting on your couch. <laughs> that, <laughs> which is great because like I intended to buy a new couch. And I didn't have the chance to before this all went down. So that is a saving grace in all of this, is that I have your couch to hang out on until I get another one. Fantastic. I'm not going anywhere. Great. I, I think I hooked you up with that couch. You did. I you feel did. like, because I think I sent you the thing. I was like, yo, you should get this couch. Yeah. And I, I think, think I Dave messaged the, you. I think I saw the link, right? Because we're both friends with Jenny, and I think I saw it. <laughs> And I was like, oh, I could probably use a couch, ah, but what am I going to do? And then you were like, hey, you should get this couch. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I should get that. I should get this couch. It's a good couch. It yeah, it is. Couch. I'm glad it went to a good home. Yeah, it's definitely gone to a good home. Uh, Jenny, when is your show going to air? Do we have an air date on it? Yeah, it's Discovery Channel. Um, Not an air date, but September. So Discovery is launching their own streaming video service like everyone else in the world. Um, And if you have Discovery at home, you already get the service. So they're using Crash Test World as part of their launch strategy, which is fantastic for us. Um, And for those of you who don't know, the host of it is Carrie Byron from Mythbusters, which is like such a win for my first TV show, like to get to work with her. She's just awesome. It's a good yeah, host. Also, if um, the next time we do this, which will probably be sooner than the last time that we did it, if uh, she wants to come on, she's more than welcome to come on to chat, hang out, you know, sit and talk, because there's really nothing else to do for the foreseeable future. <laughs> this is like all she's doing with me right now. Um, and if you follow her on Twitter, she does this crazy like gunpowder art. 
and they've been having balloon fights, her and her daughter, which is just fantastic, like water balloon fights, which is fantastic Where to talk about. Right She's in California. She's in San Francisco. Say, so they're on lockdown like a, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, everybody, everybody but Florida, I think is in lockdown. Florida think, just went in. Yeah, they just did. Yeah. Did you just see the crazy, the crazy press announcement where Trump, like literally three minutes before we got on Trump, there's a white house briefing and he's declared the war on drugs because, you know, coronavirus, because we're all unlocked down. Um, drug dealers are taking advantage of America. So this is like our new thing. We're going to fight <laughs> the war, war on, on drugs, drugs right now. It's crazy. Like I told, I told, you know, I've been telling people, like I watch things like this and it feels like it's out of a sci-fi movie because yeah. there's like no way this can be real. A no. bad sci-fi movie. Like not like <laughs> a good sci-fi movie, like a bad sci-fi movie a where there's just like a really bad villain because it yeah. just feels weird it feels it just terrible. feels weird it feels terrible and also <laughs> like if you told if you told yourself four months ago this was going to be the world you were living in you you would you'd be like no way that's impossible and then if you go back to 2015 if you told yourself that this was the world you were living in you would you would you know you would probably just be like all right i'm done i'm done I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> out. I'm out. No. <laughs> it, it just keeps getting crazy. Uh, I'll do a little uh, name plug here. Uh, www.projectexplore.org, right? Still at the uh, org? Yeah, still at the org. Still, still at the org. Where you can see the, uh, the, uh, the show too? You can see Crash Test World there. You can see all of our old stuff. And you can, I would, I would, if you're an adult, I would look at Doha debates. I think it's super, super interesting. Um, when you finally go back to work, you're just going to sound like even smarter than you were. I need this. Uh, I need this. Well, we were, you know, I was talking to friends and they said, you know, when we first went into lockdown, these are British friends. They're like, you know, we were thinking we were going to read like all the great novels and like do online language courses. And they're like, no, we just sit around and watch Netflix all day and drink. <laughs> That like nobody has any motivation to do anything. So no. um, nobody does. Yeah. It's it's really hard because like I sit around and I'm like, all those things that I said I wanted to do over the last like 20 years, I have time to do them now, and I'm just like, yeah, but like I could sit around and like make a good meal or like you know like just kind of hang out and watch movies or watch you know I don't know maybe uh, your show you know like something like that. Yeah. I could just sit around and just lounge. And it's just a lot easier than doing all those projects I've been putting off. Yeah. Well, I've been preparing for this because I'm either in the field filming or I work from home. So like working from home for 30 days, no problem for me. Easy, easy, easy. easy. How's your husband holding up during the whole thing? Good, but he's a consultant. So he tends to work from home most of the time oh, good. too, but it's being in the same space trying to work from How's home. Um, we're doing okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We I mean, have like I a little it. mental check. We have a mental check-in every day. Um, yeah. we, had, we had like a real like serious conversation last night. And I'm like, I just want you to know, like, I'm feeling very anxious. I'm very stressed. You have your things. This is your house. I have no idea when I'm going home. Right. And my family is over there. I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, to it's like a weird solid. version of Alice in Wonderland. Oh, not it's Alice really in Wonderland, weird. but uh, what's the one? Wizard of Oz. Wizard of <laughs> Dorothy's like, yeah. doesn't get right. to go home. She's right. like, yeah. But I mean, yeah. to give you solace in that whole thing, like, you probably you would be able to con communicate the same way with your family as if you were in Brooklyn, you know, like it's video. Uh, chat. So yeah, yeah. So, I yeah. mean, it's it's. I get it. I get that it's like hard, but like, 
you know, we're all kind of in that. I mean, except for right. who goes out bike riding every day, goes to his it's in-laws. True. You got to stop. You got to stop. I don't go to my in-laws. I, okay, I've kept my, I've been a good citizen. I got to say. I I've, mean, we, we do go, we do go bike riding because we're not on full lockdown. So we've got that like non-essential businesses are closed, okay. but um, you can like public transit is still running. You can still do that stuff. So we're yeah. not on like the Germany lockdown. We're not on the Italy lockdown. We're not on the Spain lockdown. Yeah. But I'm also like five minutes out of the center of Amsterdam. So not in that like packed canal zone, but we walk outside on a normal day and you don't see anyone for 15 minutes. So like there's social distancing on a bike on long distance rides. Like that always happens. You don't, you're not next to anyone. Yeah. Well, let's hope it doesn't go into full lockdown. New York should be in full lockdown, but they still are running the subways and people are actually, I find that like, if I go out, like, in the afternoon, if it's a nice day, or like after six, or around that time, like around right before dinner or something, there are more people outside than normal. It's really, yeah, that's it's yeah, good. it's and it's just irresponsible. It is um, it totally is, and I'm one of those people who like I gotta go for a walk or I'll yeah. lose my mind. But I mean, to the, that effect, everyone is keeping their distance, but everyone is still outside. But I'm yeah. down in Red Hook, so it's a little bit better. There isn't as many people. Right. Right. Well, Jenny. I'll say this. Jenny, thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. Let's give uh, oh, let's say let's give her a hand because we're, <laughs> like, we're not in front of a live studio audience. Uh, thank you for taking the time. It is late. Your 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 place, wherever you are, your time. Amsterdam. Zone. Amsterdam. Amsterdam. So we're, gonna, <laughs> we're gonna let you go and get some some sleep. But thank you for being on our show. Projectexplore.org. Crash Test World is the new series that's coming out in Discovery. It's September. And, uh, September. September. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you very much. We'll see right. you soon. Yeah, okay, great. All right, Bye. Later. There he is. Oh. Hey, hey buddy. Hey, Jeff. So. What's going on, man? Where Where are you all based? Where Where are you? Where I'm in Aurora, Colorado. Wow. And I Dave's am in Red, Red Hook. Hook, Brooklyn. Far out. Yeah, man. Where are you at? Thanks uh, for uh, Bushwick. Yeah, where are you at? Uh, I'm in the East Village of Manhattan currently. Oh, how's Manhattan doing? Uh, I've, I've actually, uh, I haven't, uh, I've been uh, basically nowhere else for three weeks. Uh, just, just in this apartment for the most part, uh, taking the occasional jog and uh, doing a shopping trip maybe once every eight days or something like that. But yeah. pretty much just indoors. Yeah. Weird, right? right? We, we, yeah, we are Dave and Giggles. This yeah. is a pre-record for Radio Free Brooklyn, which uh, airs right now, if you're listening to it now, but it's 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. So, Jeff, if you want to tell everybody, I'll also send you a link to when it airs. And, uh, but RadioFreeBrooklyn.com, a, uh, 7 p.m. to 8 p.m., uh, and you will be our second guest, and our other guest was in Amsterdam. So, Oh wow! Uh, we're trying to get people from all over the world. So thanks for joining covering, us, Jeff. Covering a lot of time zones. What's a we Manhattan are. scene like? Is it real bleak? <coughs> uh, I'm sorry, it's a little. Uh, that, that's, is every that time a, I cough, I'm like, well, that's it. Him. That's it. it. He's got it. Um. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't really know what Manhattan's like. I mean, I haven't. I don't. I don't know what it's like out there. I. I uh, when I go out which is very rarely when I go out, um, it seems like there's a few too many people on the street for my liking. It, it's, it's pretty dead compared to normal, sure. but you can't, 
you can't walk a block without seeing a couple other people at least and sometimes uh more than that and that's not what I, you know when my girlfriend and i go out for a jog we're obviously trying to keep six feet away from everybody else sure and once in a while you kind of get cornered and you're like shit this person's coming up this street i can't go into the street because there's a car coming up the street uh and i can't go that way because there's like somebody else walking their dog over there so fuck it looks like we're going to be passing within two feet of this person hope they don't sneeze right when we go past them so it is pretty dead like compared to normal you know all the stores are closed and there's not many people and there's not many cars but there's still too many to really get out there and feel like you're not going to get within six feet of somebody no matter how hard you try right and it's like you, you can't it's hard to be like why are there so many people out here but i'm also out here so it's hard to be like go home people go home but you know you're yeah. also out there yeah well we're we sort of we had a difference of opinion initially on that i was i was like you know when i first decided that we should just stay indoors i wasn't so into even the idea of going out jogging but my girlfriend was more like no, it's crazy. Everybody says it's okay to go out as long as you keep a distance. It's recommended to, you know, still go out for exercise. So I was like, all right, we can try this. And actually, it's 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 been good. It would be hard to imagine really being indoors for all these weeks with like zero trips outside. Although, I mean, it could go in that direction. I guess that's what it's like in Italy. Like they really don't let you out unless you absolutely have to go. Yeah, I was talking. So I got to ask you. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You go ahead. Uh, as, a, as a musician, if I, I got to ask, because it's been a while since you probably played a live gig. What what are you are you doing the you know doing the live streams where you're, you you put your Venmo up there and you're playing some tunes? You just kind of ride things out. Like it's just got to be weird to not be able to play as a live musician. It is weird. It hasn't. Um, well, I, I was very lucky initially with the timing because I just got back from a European tour with my band on uh, March 8th. We we just came home from something like 24 shows. Did overseas. you have to cut it short? No, it was kind of, I think if the tour had gone on a few days longer, we might have started seeing some impact. But the final gig was March 7th. And at that time, there was no impact from the situation everybody was still coming out to shows as normal people were talking about it like uh oh i guess we probably shouldn't shake hands right stuff like that but there was no impact in terms of audience turnout and there you know we were starting to think like i wonder if our flight home is going to have some issues like are they doing weird things at the airports nowadays um but that was fine everything was fine so we got home march 8th so I was very lucky that the tour was able to go on as planned with no screw ups. But then it was just a few days. It was just within the next few days that everything started to seriously did start, escalate. Did you start hearing anything as far as like New York getting hit when you were in Europe? Like what part of Europe were you in? Uh, mostly uh, Western. Well, all, you know, like pretty far West in Europe. So we were, uh in france and spain and belgium and netherlands and that's it like we didn't go uh well we were in switzerland and a little bit of western just like the western sliver of germany 
but we weren't anywhere further east than that. We weren't in Austria, we weren't in Berlin or Eastern Germany, we weren't in Italy. Um, and there was, you know, there started to be some talk of what's going on with this, but you know, at that time, even when we got back to New York City, I think there were like 11 known cases in New York City. So it still seemed pretty small. Right. It didn't seem, uh, and you also had the government kind of like downplaying the whole thing and, and the world kind of be like, this seems like it could be a big deal, but we don't know yet. So I could see why you go on with your life, go on with the tour, don't really panic yet. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's very hard to stay on top of news while out on the road there. Um, so it was really just when I got home and talked to a friend of mine who's a scientist and she's, uh, she's very plugged into this stuff. And, uh, she's you know very i mean she's a professor of thermodynamics and she's a you know a, she, she's just like super smart in. and a, a serious hardcore scientist and when i got back and, she, and she's one of my close friends when i got back to new york and i was calling up friends and just sort of catching up with everybody she's one of the people that i called to catch up with to be like hey i'm back home how's it going um and she really like flipped my whole perspective 180 degrees she was like you know she'd been taking it seriously for weeks already in terms of disinfecting doorknobs taking off clothes when she gets home rubbing down everything from the supermarket with alcohol okay. stocking up on supplies uh so i was like oh man you know because this isn't like some crazy uh this isn't some lunatic this is like some hardcore scientist person right. who i and respect trust yeah yeah so basically hearing that from her made me sit that just snapped me immediately awake like oh shit like this is not this is real this is this is for real like yeah. if she's doing this uh that's it so i i mean that was basically when i just put myself into emergency mode which really only a few days before it became you know that was like it seemed maybe a little crazy but four days later that was like the norm anyway yeah so you're dealing well with lockdown yeah, I feel totally fine, really. I'm, uh, if things stay like this, it's totally chill. I mean, yeah, we have food, we have hot and cold running water, we have internet. I'm not I saw like, online, Jeff, that you were, uh, you, you might have a toilet paper scare. Is this true? No, I got, you know, I have about 10 rolls, you know, right, I, good. I always try to, you know, I, I always try to keep a bunch of rolls around the apartment. I've, if I go, you know, I, I very rarely buy toilet paper one roll at a time. I, you know, I usually stock up. To... You're a stock up kind of guy anyway. Well, just for toilet paper, really, because sure. I almost never go grocery shopping. I'm not like a, I never have anything in my pantry or my fridge, you know, I have a typical, like, uh, typical empty fridge, like an old expired bottle ketchup in it kind of situation usually. Right. Um, so that's, but after coming home from tour, being out on the road, it's like, you're eating so much junk. I was like, I was really looking forward to just do, doing home cooked meals anyway. So I, so I guess I really got my wish. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So we're talking now, with now, uh, Jeffrey. Uh, I also see, hold on. I, I was just, just going to introduce him. Introduce him. Oh, introduce you, all right, do it. Site. Uh, we're talking with do Jeffrey it. Lewis and, uh, the, your website, I believe is the Jeffrey Lewis site.com, right? Yeah. I, it's funny. Cause, uh, in the old days, whatever, you know, whatever old days mean, uh, you know, say 10, 15 years ago, I would hear people on the radio and they'd say like, yeah, you can find me online at HTTP colon slash slash 
blah 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 site I haven't bothered doing that in years now because even on like my comic books and my albums I I'm like do I even bother putting my website if somebody wants to find me they just type in my name and like stuff comes up so it's like yeah the the, the Jeffrey Lewis site is the website but people wouldn't even necessarily need to know that I think if they just like if anybody cares to find out more about me just start typing in Jeffrey Lewis and stuff will start coming up cool I have a question Presumably. for you yeah yeah are you a fan of Tom Lair oh absolutely okay. yeah uh, I, I grew up on those records my mom had those records like uh you know all uh left-wing uh bohemian parents probably have those records around uh, um there's not that many of them though there's only like a couple of tom lara records two or three that i'm aware of um but i've got copies of the you know i have uh whatever that was the year that was and an evening wasted with tom lara so yeah i mean that stuff is obviously very much up my alley gotcha but uh yeah i mean i would never specifically consider tom lara an influence but just sh you know just something sharp like that is very appealing to me Gotcha. yeah i l listened to a few of your songs and that's kind of like what what i thought of. i was like oh i bet this guy listened to some tom lair growing up you know like i yeah. felt like there was a little bit of that you know yeah in there. absolutely so. and it's funny because like nobody listens to tom lair like you don't those are not desirable records to most people but a, a lot of stuff from that era is great but not very um sought after like like i mean i have every uh you know, Phil Oaks record. I've got every Phil Oaks record. I've got, you know, all the Tom Paxton records, all like all of that kind of early sixties folk songwriting, um, which people sort of, I mean, that was a whole huge scene of folk stuff. And even Pete Seeger, sure. all that stuff from that era. Uh, I just love that stuff. I put those records on all the time. I, I mean, you just can this hear, morning over you can breakfast, hear that early sixties. Yeah, you can hear that early '60s in like all your songs. Like you can hear Dylan in there, you can hear Seeger in there. It's all that kind of like late beatnik, late '50s, early '60s kind of like New York City folk storytelling kind of jive. You know, do you uh, do you tell a story first? Or do you write a song? Like how do you how do you construct one of your songs? Mm. I guess it depends. I mean, it, it usually there's a certain element of just creative desperation and like uh, uh i'll take an idea wherever i i can get it i mean i might have an idea for a song first or i might just sit down and start right like the the one that i just uh wrote the other day and put on youtube is about like how america's older musicians and older songwriters need to be protected right now from the virus so sure like john Prime. that was because yeah. uh, my girlfriend yeah, exactly. My girlfriend told me that John Prine was fighting the COVID-19 virus. So that immediately inspired the idea like, oh my God, I didn't even think, you know, that like just thinking about how many old musicians there are. And I was immediately thinking like, okay, Paul Simon, Bob Dylan, uh, these are, so I just thought it'd be kind of a funny concept for a song. Like, what if we just have this like even against their will like what if right. like these people are just considered national treasures like our oil resources or yeah. you know our forests and we have to just whether they want to or not like 
we just need to like put them in concrete bunkers and exactly keep them, yeah like, exactly well yeah i was thinking about that when i was like i was watching something with uh like uh dolly parton is now doing uh bedtime stories with dolly parton where she just goes out and i was like dolly i love you but like don't go outside like we don't we don't need yeah. any of these people getting in contact with anybody and you have the money right. to stay inside and have other people go get you stuff you're fine just don't come in contact yeah. with anybody we cannot lose them um so i remember uh going to a bunch of your shows um in mid 2000s uh i think the first time i ever went and saw your show my friend was a big big fan of yours so he always brought me to a bunch of your shows and the first show i went to was uh it was in like an old kind of like it was like a fire hazard there was tons and tons of stuff down on like wythe and williamsburg it was just like a like a do-it-yourself kind of music studio thing where there was just like dolls heads all over the place do you remember that oh uh, that's that's yeah i think that must have been um uh what's uh glasslands yeah that's glass like house glasslands yeah, glass they, yeah. they had a couple different um they, they moved around to a couple different locations i think you saw the cooler it sounds like you saw the crazier cooler location that yeah. i think was the first location right uh, that's that's cool that you got to see that while it existed yeah and i i think uh the the first thing i saw of you was uh, you came out and you did uh, like i've i've been everywhere man and you transcribed it for the entire city and it just blew me away i was like this guy's got it this guy gets it so i thank you for that oh, that's funny and, uh, I, I uh yeah not uh i I didn't realize when I wrote that that uh, that gimmick has actually been done by many people. I, I started looking into it, and there's a whole kind of trove of people who've rewritten the. I think it was originally by Hank Snow. I've been everywhere, and there's regional variations on it. A number of them. There's one. There's like an Australia version. There's an America version. So, um, I wasn't the first person to have the idea of like. Huh, let me make my own laundry list of, of places that I've been. That's awesome. Yeah, I was so good. No, I was gonna I had a question and I had I was about to sneeze. Oh. <laughs> so, uh but my question is to to Jeffrey. I didn't know if uh, Dave might have might have asked you for this or prepped you for this, but I know you're a musician, obviously, and a comic book writer. Is there a song are, are you prepared if there was a song that's coming to mind that you that that, that you're thinking of in these times? Like, is there, I've been asked, my question is like a message of hope. I don't know if you're like a hopeful guy, if that's kind of your vibe, but do you have anything that is like, you know, uh, I'm going to request a song from you if, if you can, if I don't know if you're, if that's okay. Is that a, well, for, for me to, for me to play a song? Yeah. Is that possible oh, yeah. or not? Yeah, no. totally. Okay. Um, and I don't know if you know, uh, American glad, do you know American gladiators? Uh, is that a song? I don't know. Hum a few bars. No, 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 Maybe no. I can play along. No, American Gladiators. <laughs> the show? Yeah, the what, 90s what is, show? The, the old school show back in the 90s. You ever remember that show, American Gladiators? Yeah, yeah. Vague, yeah. Okay, so we're, uh, I'll do a quick story, and then we'll get to the, the song. Sorry. I'm but Dave, we had Nitro goes. on. <laughs> we had Nitro, who was a, a character from... Uh, uh, yeah, yes. yeah. So that. Nitro called in to Dave and Giggles you know, a few months ago and basically starts talking. And Nitro's like, all right, so when, when are we live? When are we going? And Dave's like, oh, we've been recording. We're live. Nitro, we're, we're live. Nitro got so pissed at he Dave. He got mad at me. <laughs> it was great. It was great. Like, he scolded Dave just because he was like, you know, Nitro thought, like, all this pre-interview stuff was, like, you know, just 
you know, prep stuff, but Dave was recording from the beginning and was one of the highlights of our career. Yeah. Where are you going with the story, though? Where are you going? Well, that's much better than what you Usually what happens is you, I feel like a lot of interviews, it's like a long thing. You, you go into detail explaining all this stuff, and then they're like, oh, okay, I, I guess I should start recording. And you're like, what? I thought that. I thought yeah, we were that, already. Yeah, I, yeah, I go straight into it because, like, yeah. you're going you're gonna to talk about all the good stuff right up top. Why not record all that? That's what we're doing here, right? It's true. It was basically just a way of asking you. I didn't know if Dave had said, hey, if you want to play a couple songs, you know, I was basically asking you if you play a song for sure. us. Sure, yeah. I, uh, I, but, you know, know. I, I was assuming a song would, would be part of this. That'd inside. be great. Perfect. That'd be great. Um, I got, well, I got a few. Um, well, the one, I'll, I'll play the one that I was just talking about that I just wrote. Um, uh, let's see here. Where can I put these? There are, I'll, I'll you need just, a lyric holder. I'll do it like this. Now is that gonna come through? Bah, 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 it sounds bah, pretty bah, good. Bah, 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 sounds bah, pretty bah. good. Got it. America must act, and we must act here right away. This virus puts our national resources under threat today. Can't let our crowning jewels expire from neglect or from delay. Our Federal Reserve must be preserved to sing and play. The first thing we must ask for as this task force mission start is an enormous thick partition that quickly coordinates Dolly Parton. Work nine to five to build it, seal from Jackson out to Raleigh. I bet Jolene don't take her man and COVID-19 don't take Dolly. Because America must, must act here right away. This virus puts our national resources under threat today. We can't risk our finest vintage with neglect or with delay. Our Federal Reserve must be preserved to sing and play. And don't stop to get permission, because we don't dare care if he's willing. Because in these desperate conditions, we must isolate Bob Dylan, pack some groceries and harmonicas and a guitar in a box, and place them in a subterranean homesick basement underneath Fort Knox. Because America must act, we must act here right away. This virus puts our national resources under threat today. We don't dare lose any heirlooms from neglect or from delay. Our Federal Reserve must be preserved to sing and play. And please don't let bad luck or some dumb bureaucratic blunder make us hesitate one moment more to seal off Stevie Wonder. Get him now to higher ground in some safe penthouse way above you. And don't dare meet him in person. Make sure he just calls to say I love you. Because America must act. We must act in urgent haste. Because now our national resources meet a force we've never faced. Now it's getting there all threatened. Deploy full measures just in case. Because these treasures all are delicate and cannot be replaced. Build rows of concrete bunkers, make them decent. But don't wait, save Willie Nelson, Tina Turner, Quincy Jones, and Bonnie Raitt. Put Paul Simon, Iggy Pop, Emmy Lou Harris, and Dr. Dre inside at once for several months and keep at least six feet away. We can't risk our finest vintage with neglect or with delay. This virus puts our national resources under threat today. America must act to make our back catalog stay. Our Federal Reserve must be preserved to sing and play. I say our incredible Federal Reserve must be preserved to play. And be sure you run along Neil Young. And act early to save Michael Hurley. Beautiful. <clears throat> that was Your English. Your high school English must be proud of you. <laughs> well, I love uh, it. I, uh, I, I, I do think a lot about um, certain English class things on occasion. The 
the Shakespearean meter, putting putting the sentences. I'm a big big fan of uh, thinking about the rhythm of the lyric. How like you listen to certain songwriters, um, Bob Dylan, obviously somebody like Eminem. The the beat you almost hear drums in their words because the, the 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 how the syllables fall. Um, you know when Dylan's like. The savage soldier sticks his head in sand and then complains unto the shoeless hunter who's gone deaf but still remains. Like, you wouldn't even have to know the English language. You would just know that that fits together like a little clockwork. And I, I, I think about that stuff a lot when, when writing. Of course, it's always a battle between rhyme, meter, and meaning. You're trying to say something specific but you're trying to say it so that it rhymes, and then you're also trying to say it with the right meter and beats. So if you can get all three of those things to line up, meaning, meter, and rhyme, then you've got, you've got something that works. Right. And, you know, it's like when you're, when you're looking for an apartment and they say you can have, you know, your location, price, and size and it's very hard to find something that's got a good location, a good price, and a good size. Right. So for songwriting, the real the real estate of songwriting is rhyme, meaning, and meter. How long have uh, you gone? He's just giving us this advice for free. I love it. Yeah, it's, it's no, it's not, advice. Uh, anything to do with knowing how to sing? You know, uh, you know that that's got nothing to do with knowing how to sing or having a, having a good hairstyle or knowing how to play guitar. Uh, you know, I'm. There, a lot of people would give other advice in the music and you know what they consider important might be more important than what I consider important but that's uh I don't know that's that's why I am where I am and uh and I'm not where somebody else is perhaps do you go a long time uh thinking about lyrics and writing them all out or do they just come really quick well you got to be writing to write like you can't just sit there waiting for the lyrics to come. You gotta just yeah. start writing. In my experience, you don't get anything unless you're just making stuff. And you can, when you're making stuff, a lot of it ends up as crap on the cutting room floor. I'll, I'll just force myself to start writing and it's agonizing because it sucks. And I just look at one stupid sentence after another and like, you know, it's a lot of, uh, you know, some of it is just not, good and it's very frustrating and of course you want things to be good and you're like why isn't this good but you can't get anything good unless you're doing something so the writing itself makes makes the good writing happen i think yeah you crumple up the paper and throw it in the trash or do you just like you know do you just like put it in a, a lot of crossing a lot of crossing out a lot of uh yeah do yeah. you write do you write or do you type Typing is actually better because it's a lot easier to edit if you want to move sections around. Um, but a lot of times I'll start out writing. Like I'll start writing in a notebook, just pen and paper. Because the, the, the computer is such a horrible distraction. It's like if I'm typing on the computer, um, I'll be like, well, let me see what CNN says now, you know, uh, or something. I'll, I'll just like, oh, I have a new Gmail message. You know, it, it's, so, it's such a horrible distraction machine that it's better to just be with the guitar and a notebook at first. And then once I have something that's worth transcribing, I'll then type it in and, you know, then I might start monkeying around with it a little more and being like, well, maybe this first verse will be better as the third verse and just move it all down or something. I've got a question for you. You seem like an eclectic guy. I'm looking at your East Village apartment here. Looks a little roomy. 
look like you've been around a little bit. Do you have a, a show and tell? Do you have like an, an item that you're like, oh, this item is really, really cool. I've got it hidden here. You know, it doesn't have to be anything like priceless, but something uh, like something yeah, well, to pick up on your travels. What's, I, I was just going to, uh, I'll spin this thing around. Um, I don't know if you can see my, my old Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator poster up there that I, I've nice. stuck Lou Reed's face on it and it fits really perfectly. Um, there was Lou Reed was on the front cover. That of does a, fit really well. Time out. I guess it's, is it reversed? It's probably reversed. No, it's perfect. But anyway, yeah, that was, you know, when I was a teenager and I had this Terminator poster, but then many years later, there were advertisements all over New York for this issue of time out in New York that Lou Reed was on the cover on. So I, Somehow, I don't know when I figured out that if I stole one of those posters and cut out his head, it would fit perfectly on it Arnold. Does. So it, it, it does. It's amazing. It's eerily and perfect. He, he, uh, he sort of has an expression that is amazingly kind of malleable. Like, I feel like if I write a good song, it kind of looks like he's almost like grinning. But then a lot of times he looks very judgmental, like if I'm just fucking off or something, I, you know. So the mood so I, fits I with that. Lou Reed on your wall. The mood fits always. Yeah, yeah. And I, when you were talking about um, typing versus writing in a notebook, I was going to start talking about Lou because I read something where he first got a computer in the uh, late 80s. And the, the amount of editing that he was able to do while using a word processing program versus writing in a notebook is what really inspired him to get really into writing really well. Like he could like edit it and edit it and edit it in a new way. And that was when he wrote his masterpiece, New York album came out of like the, uh, he really had this great comeback. I mean, I love all, I have every Lou Reed record. I mean, let's speak of show and tell, I can start pulling out records, but um, you know, I, I literally have every album Lou ever made and you know, just his, his nine, his late 80s, early 90s records are some of the best ones he ever made. And it's interesting when I read that thing about how his writing sort of took a leap upward at that time because he discovered how much he could put extra thought into it once you're using a word processing program instead of just writing in a notebook. Sit on that, Dave. <laughs> Sit on that. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Uh, Jeff, are you uh, are you writing a lot more now that you're locked in? Are you forced to write more, or do you just kind of like, oh, all right, I'm gonna ride this out first? Well, like many people, I think because I saw some jokes going around on the internet about this. I think um, the idea of like, oh, I'm just stuck in my apartment for weeks or months. I'm gonna get so much done. But I feel like I'm, I'm barely doing anything. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The weeks are flying by. And, you know, I have like two and a half new songs. And it's not bad. That's I mean, pretty good. Three weeks. That's what do I do in three weeks? I've, I've barely drawn. I've There's barely drawn at all. Yeah. There's also something to be said about being stuck inside your apartment indeterminately, <laughs> like knowing that there's not an end to it. So that you're like, oh, I have plenty of time to do the stuff that I think that I want to do rather than be like, okay, this ends in a week. This vacation or whatever you want to call mm -hmm. it is over at a certain time. So then we can just kind of like get cram everything in until it's done. Yeah. Well, one thing that's been occupying a bunch of my time. Also, I, I would say in addition to that, everything takes more time in this current situation because 
you know, normally it would be very abnormal in the center of New York City for me to cook every meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. In normal life, I would definitely just be going out and having a slice of pizza for lunch or getting, you know, getting Mexican food across the street for dinner. Have to, you know, so just the extra time that it's taking to do all the cooking and all the cleaning removes some time from the day. And then uh, in addition to that, every time I do anything like do the laundry, it's like this whole disinfecting process is like coming in from outer space like an astronaut. I'm like, you know, the amount of time hand washing, the amount of time disinfecting the doorknob. I mean, I, I wrote, a, I've got a song about that, but the, the uh, you know, so everything just takes a little more time. Yeah. And then I'm just like everybody else, I'm just stupidly addicted to all these dumb graphs and news reports. I'm like, oh, it's been five, five hours. What, you know, what's the latest? So I know that's just, you know, typical. I, I think there's something to the idea of like, being forced to stay inside is only going to make that addiction to like the news and to your phone and to whatever device you have a little bit worse, you know, because like you're forced to, you're forced to want to know what's going on and then you're forced not to go anywhere. So you're like, Oh, it's an extra couple hours on my phone is not bad because we have to do it, you know, or whatever it's going to be. And there's been a lot of, these little live stream concert events that I've participated in a lot of talking on the phone, a lot of texting, a lot of FaceTiming with relatives and friends and stuff. So it's almost like, geez, this is more socializing than I would normally do. Did you hear Dave? He said a little, he said a little, uh, little radio show. We're kind of a big thing. Well, yeah. Well, this is a bit, but come on, we're not, we're not just a little radio show here. Well, this is you know, well, this is two people covering uh, three time zones, so we're we're, uh, we're this is big time. This is big. But well, yeah. Jeffrey, I really thank you for coming on, man. Um, uh, I I look forward to coming to see your next show when you play. Keep me in the loop. We'll come check out your show in New York. Uh, the Jeffrey Lewis site dot com. We could go and check out your stuff, or just Google Jeffrey Lewis. Done. There you go. Cool. Well, thanks for getting in touch. Uh, keep up all the good work. Yeah, uh, you too, hope buddy. To see you soon. Yeah, thanks. Talk to you later, man. Bye. Thanks, Jeffrey. Bye-bye. And we're out. And we're out. There we I go. Like, all right. I like so that. Was, that was, was good. That was good. I like letting people off politely. Just being <laughs> like, hey, uh, well, th- thanks. It was uh, great having you. Uh, this is the end of things. We got to wrap things up. <laughs> we got to wrap it up. <laughs> but they don't, they don't take it personally. If you're a professional, no. your, your mom, on the other hand, you're like, hey, we got to wrap things up. She's like, no, okay. She oh, one more question. Uh, oh, by the way, did you get a whole other story? That yeah, felt no, good. you can't let your mom go because she, no. she just holds on. She grabs yeah. on tighter. That was good, though. Jeffrey did good. We did good. Did I think, good. Uh, did good. I think uh, we got a good show here for uh, Sunday or today as you're listening to a live right now. Uh, I'm going to get some, I'll give you this message of hope less than a minute. Uh, Enjoy the pause unless you're just got recently laid off or furloughed. Enjoy the pause. Get outside. That's not a message of hope. And uh, stay healthy. Wash your hands. Yeah. You did good, buddy. I really keep up the uh, live from the tent. Keep up live from good. the 10. It was a good one. Love that was it. a good it was show. A really good one. Leo is surprisingly adult. When did he become yeah. a little adult? During this whole freaking quarantine. Crazy. Yeah. Good yeah. show. He's a ham. He is a ham. He's, he's exactly like you.
and we're out.